What is it, Mr Whitmarsh, sir? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Martin! He's back! Here's Ronnie. Ah! Item one. Initiation of repair process regarding damaged hinged room division system. Hello and welcome to the Omni Shambles. That is Gareth Jones on speed. I'm Gareth, he's Zog. Hello. And he's Richard. Hello. I think we really must start with Michael Schumacher. Genuinely sorry to hear that Michael had such a dreadful turn of events. Dreadful bit of luck, I suppose. We don't know the circumstances under which he hurt himself whilst skiing. I mean, hands up, none of us were fans of Schumacher, were we? We appreciated him as a driver, we weren't fans of him, but we absolutely wish him well in his recovery, don't we? Yeah, just a horrible bit of luck that that should happen when he's relaxing and enjoying his retirement from a very dangerous sport. It's, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. A but he's a father there. and a husband and a son, and there's nothing more to say. I think there's been a lot of stuff that's already been said. We don't know any more about his condition at the moment except that he's described as being stable, and I hope he gets better. Hope he gets better. Absolutely. We're not going to speculate, as Richard says, because we're not medically trained, but having had a conversation with my mate Bobby, who had quite a severe brain injury, about the possible outcomes, there are arguably three or four possible outcomes. One, complete and utter full recovery, which would be wonderful. Recovery with minor long-term effects, whether that's headaches or memory loss, or recovery with more major brain damage where you could have memory loss, loss of speech, loss of physical movement in his body, or a worst case scenario, a much more damaged recovery or perhaps no recovery whatsoever. But I'm hoping for any one of the top three. I'd love to have him back with us. We wish you well, Michael. Proper sad. On to happier things. If Michael was racing, what number would he have chosen in this lottery of numbers which drivers have chosen for them to race in now? What would it be? How many world championships did Schumacher win? 29? Yeah, was something it? like yes. that. Yeah, yeah well, well he'd, he'd have had the but number then, seven. Who's got a seven now? Let's uh, consult our thing is, you wouldn't want yeah. to choose a number of world championships you had, because if you're racing in Formula One with a positive mental attitude, then you're you, always yeah. going to assume you'll win another one. Good yeah. point. So Good you point. wouldn't like do something like that. I don't know. Let's have a look well, at who's could... gone for what, because well, this is quite interesting. I know that some of them have them for historical reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, Fernando Alonso has chosen 14, because that was the number he had when he was karting as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, so obviously that's... Um, that Raikkonen chose seven... Probably just to stop Michael from having it if he came back and if he chose it before the accident. Didn't Michael would have had? Was seven. there a reason for? I think Raikkonen just chose it because it's what he had before, and he didn't really give it any more thought. Doesn't care. I, I, exactly. Well, I think that's what he said. He and just, again, that's one of the things he just basically just. Yeah. I literally Kimmy, can't be bothered. We love you for it. You know? Yeah, it's absolutely. Um, Imagine if Kimmy's number was actually just a shrug. And <laughs> <laughs> just a comma. Yeah. Yeah. Just, no, I don't want a number. I just want a. Just I want an infinity, an eight sideways. That's what I'd have. The infinity. And well, if that well, was like, possible, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, red yeah. bull would be. Could, <laughs> could yeah. anybody have chosen E? E is a special number. Is it? It's, um, e is a number now. When did that happen? It's something like the square root yeah, of minus one. Or something like that. Well, I mean, if we're going, the is allowed to have bits of algebra if they so choose. I'll have number X. But X, as you say, that's an algebraic. It 
represents uh, a number. Yeah, exactly. And, oh. and it can represent all kinds of different numbers, whereas E is a particular number. That e has is? A, really? Really. When did this okay, happen? I'm going to look up the actual facts. See, okay. enough. Continue. I'm, I'm I'm research. I'm, I'm okay. But ironically, the reverse seconds. is also true because the number three is the letter E, according to those awful people who have personalised number plates. Ah! Uh, so, uh, it works both ways. Uh, anyway, who else has got a All right, what? working at the back, we're very thrilled to see Kamui Kobayashi return. It was announced this week that Kamui will be a free driver this is interesting for catering so he's driving for now mm. and will live off the fund he got from fans and well-wishers and what have you maybe yeah because i read somewhere i think that he's bringing a few million with him but then i mean things like life insurance for formula one drivers alone mm-hmm. to do their job is astronomically expensive mm-hmm. and then you've got all the yachts and roast swan and all that stuff <laughs> that they've become accustomed to and i imagine <laughs> But then he actually goes to work and he's doing it for now. Which is great, but I did see that quote. He said he just wants to drive. Yeah. yeah. I think he's disguising the fact that he is a pay driver and driving for now means I'm not taking a salary, but I will be bringing something. But from but who? Well, I don't know, it. but I mean, Caterham need some results this year. They haven't been delivering and they need to get some points. And taking a pay driver isn't the way to do it. Did you hear what... What's his name? Uh, I was going to say Cyril Albuquerque. Yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah, that's it. But I think it was actually Tony Fernandez who said it. He said that if we finish at the back this year, we will give up. Yeah, that was Tony Fernandez said that. So it's been nice enjoying Caterham for the last few years, and we'll miss them next year, I think. uh, (laughs) I just wonder whether he's actually going, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) So uh, I'm just going to set this up now, so I'm not going to disappoint people too much in about 10 months' time. But, yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm sure it's not, because there's a lot of money involved, but it just felt like an admission of defeat, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know he wasn't saying that, but that was the implication, because what is there to indicate they'll do any better? Of course, we don't mm-hmm. know what the car would be like, but uh, I can they tell don't you. have... Well, I guess surely you don't race in the expectation that you're going to carry on being rubbish and you're going to carry yes, on the finish at last. You know, they must expect that they're going to do better. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, and this season with some of the change in the new engine and stuff, I was going to say all bets are off, but they're not really, are they? Mm. I would wager that Red Bull will be quite good. Mm. Ferrari will be quite good. McLaren, Max. well, we don't know, but well, hey, you know, here's another bit of news. Of run back at McLaren. Hang on, oh, hang on, we'll come to that. that. Are we coming to that one? It is that. true that the change of regulations does give more of an opportunity. I think not so much for some of the midfield and the back of the field teams to come up with something special or to pull off something really clever. But what it does mean, I think, is that there's going to be much more opportunity for reliability issues mm-hmm. and other kind of problems mm-hmm. to be affecting the teams that would otherwise be carrying on winning and coming second and third all the time. And that's going to give more opportunity for a team that's just done a good, solid job with putting their car together, hasn't done anything remarkable, but they've got something reliable, and they're finishing the first races in the season. It gives them a chance to do a lot better than the others would have done. So, Max Shilton for the championships, OK? Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying you didn't know what the Caterham car is going to be like. Apparently, it was said today that the Caterham car for this year has got a bit of Giga about it. It looks like it's from the movie H-R Alien. Giga. Um, yeah, really? Yeah, okay. remains to that be was, seen. I think that was old Cyril Squirrel was saying that. Wasn't I mean, it? yeah, yeah. Conceptually, <laughs> I, I don't know I why he like that, that idea, but you see, I'm that... going to bet that it will actually just look like a Formula One car because there's sort of certain rules that dictate it. It must. If it did look slightly mental, mm-hmm. more power to them. But that's the trouble. Acid like, blood. That's what they're going for. Slightly mental really? doesn't yeah. usually Based equate on, to aerodynamic, uh, does it? Though on a real thing. 
acid blood, apparently inspired by insects that genuinely have acidic blood that they use to repel attackers. Oh, ants mm. actually have acidic blood because from what was his name, Suter, the Indian medical genius a thousand years ago, used to use ants as like little pinches. It was, oh, okay, that's a different thing. That's taking an ant, yeah. an army ant. Yeah, you use it to pinch it to you hold get the skin down on yeah. the two sides of a wound. Ah, you yeah. then pull the body off. Yeah. And once you've pulled the body off, the head stays clamped. clamped, But but, but the blood or the guts of the ant was quite acidic and would help prevent infection, apparently. That was the joy of it. I'm a tiny bit sceptical, but I'm going to look this acid blood stuff up. You can't be too acidic or your veins and arteries would dissolve. Well, unless unless they were made of... Think about it. Your stomach acid is very acidic. Your stomach does not dissolve because you've got a nice mucous membrane to protect it. And so, you know, you've just got to have the right... We digress. I love a mucous membrane. Okay, Marcus. I like the second album particularly. <laughs> Marcus Ericsson, not to be confused with uh, Sony Ericsson, the mobile phone manufacturer, <laughs> or Kevin Magnuson. That's going to get me mixed up this year. Marcus Ericsson, the Swede, is number nine. Kamui Kobayashi, ten. Is that the number of chassis he's going to get through this year? Perhaps. So this is a pure coincidence. I suppose Kobayashi wasn't sure that he was ever going to be back, and it was only mm-hmm. announced this week. Although he's supposedly been in talks with them for a while. He chose so he 10 chose, because that was his debut 10. number with the oh, Toyota, it? apparently, yeah. Oh, okay. Max Chilton, four. It's the number of millions he's bringing per race, is that right? <laughs> why, yeah, why has he chosen that? We should have looked this up, but we haven't, so let's just speculate. Yes, okay. Jules Bianchi's chosen 17. 17. The uh, number of races he expects to finish in F1 this year? I don't know. Or so not, not, not finish. <laughs> um, no, actually, race. Bianchi's very good, isn't he? Fair yeah, play. He's yeah, very he's good. all right. Uh, v- Valtteri Bottas, this is one of my favourite numbers. He chose 77 because he can write Bottas with two sevens instead of two Ts. I like that integration yeah. of the brand. Uh, he asked for 7, 27 or 77, I think. Is that right? I think. Yeah, but unfortunately, when they rang and asked him what he wanted to race under, he was trying to order some Chinese food, and this was all rather embarrassing <laughs> for him. But... Massa, 19... No, 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 no. Yes. Philippe Massa. Yeah. So he's a poor Holocaustal fan, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, how do we say this? Kvyat? Kvyat. Kvyat, I think. 26. He's got Gerhard Burgers. Right, on now, board, so this is the Toro Rosso team. So Jean-Luc Verne has gone for 25, and mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Kvyat yeah. has gone for 26. Yeah. Mm. Did the team just go, look, because you have to two numbers together just for the sake of neatness? Because actually that's idiotic. Those mm-hmm. numbers will be hard to tell apart on the car. True. And what with yeah, all the yeah. helmet designs being changed constantly, which I think mm. I said on the programme before, that never mind the fixing of numbers, which you can rarely bloody see on the car, mm-hmm. make the drivers have one helmet design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And preferably it. a good bold And a good, design. strong, simple one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. OK, Sauber, Adrian Sutil, 99, Lots 99. No, well, no, he... so that's good because that was the maximum, wasn't it? They were allowed to choose between two and ninety-nine. I think, I think so. Yeah, no three-digit numbers mm. and a number one reserved for the world champion. So he's just gone to the other end of the spectrum. And I thought, well, fair mm-hmm. enough. It's a good strong number. Do you think he likes John Lennon? Ninety-nine, ninety-nine. Esteban Gutierrez, twenty-one. I was just looking down this list and I was like, well, so mm. Hulkenberg, 27. Why? He's not Italian. He's why? not Gilles Villeneuve. Why, why, why did he yeah. choose 27? It's not Ferrari Although number, he, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Hulkenberg's counting on going to Ferrari. Maybe that's it. It's a secret hint. Oh, is that it's, what it is? It's going, look how good this number would look on your car. Yeah, so, he's just trying yeah. to find his way into Ferrari. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. <clears throat> Perez, 11. Nice and easy one to write. Just two nice, simple vertical he lines. He can actually it's do his race number just by accelerating briskly from a standing start, which I think 
that's a good reason to have a number. That's a good reason. Yeah. You know what? I'd have gone for that. Yeah, I like that. And they go, what number are you, Sergio? What this? You. <laughs> Kevin Magnuson has got 20. That was the number he had when he won his... Formula Renault 3.5 Championship. Button, 22, because he won the World Championship in that. Uh, that's yeah, the main yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pasto Maldonado, 13. <laughs> Unlucky for some. Enough said. Who were driving near him. <laughs> that's got to be the best number. Groshon, 8. He likes snowmen. Again, right. he well, writes know, his own race number as he leaves the track. <laughs> following a loss of control. Kimmy, 7, as discussed. Fernando, 14. Why did his he choose 14? Old carting number. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rosberg, 6. Like his dad. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Lewis Hamilton, 44. Yeah, likes Magnum handguns, I don't know. Well, that was his old karting number, so they're okay, old yeah, chums, okay, those two, yeah. aren't they? Ricciardo, three. Why is that? Two suggests that you're not as good as number one. But, but three, three suggests you're not as good as two or one, so that's <laughs> even worse. Yeah, but two is the uncanny valley. That's exactly right. You know, two, oh, is, two okay, is not number one. Yeah. Once you're into three, you're into a whole other territory. Okay, you're so saying numbers. So, yeah. That's the way I'm, yeah, I think. And Vettel gets one or five. And you know what? You know so what? he's just a bit of red paint and a moustache away from There you go. Yes. I've been so, saying yes. for years what an Anglophile he is, what a oh, Brit. Right. He's gone he's for the gone. most British number. Yeah, but you know true. what all these numbers give us now, don't you? They um, give us a completely different view at how bingo could be played in future. OK, oh, ladies and gentlemen, eyes down, down for, for F1, F1 bingo. bingo. Here, Here we, we go. go. First of the losers, number two. Tedious Brummy, red number five. A French accident. That's number eight. Unlucky for some. It's a seat at Williams. Bingo! Step Petrol! We don't Jones on speed! It's not often that I think Formula One reflects the political progress of Egypt. But you know how they had a coup in Egypt? A military coup where they sort of, right, we're running this place now. The same thing, pretty much, has just happened at McLaren, where Rom, seizing the opportunity to acquire some shares which were owned by someone else, is now in a position where he can become the managing director of McLaren's Formula One wing again. He's back, Ron's back, and I'm genuinely happy about this. Was this more like Martin Whitmarsh's Oliver Cromwell? <laughs> had, a, had a brief sort of <laughs> yes. moment where he thought it was all good and then uh, yeah and then yes been... he's found himself out of the picture yeah, yeah I don't know I'm not too strong on history so I may be running out of steam <laughs> quite quickly on this particular comparison but I think it that's the well. headline isn't it yeah I think Ron Dennis has gone hmm I don't like what's been happening mm. Yeah, uh, well, that's certainly what it looks Justifiably like. as well. Sleeves are being rolled up very neatly, but rolled up nonetheless. <laughs> and he's coming back to... Uh, Paint everything I was going to say kick some ass, but he wouldn't say that, would he? No, he'd facilitate... He'd drive a progress heap. forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, implement, he would that, he? implement a <laughs> pedal anal uh, interface. Interface, yes. re-parameters established for the increase in productivity, etc., and that's probably what's going to happen. He'll probably do it, because you know what? I think Martin Whitmarsh might have been too nice a guy to succeed in the Piranha Club. Martin mm. Whitmarsh, whenever I, we go to do an impression of Martin Whitmarsh on the show, we try and get the voice, and the first thing I always say to Richard when we're doing it is, right, Martin, very reasonable guy. 
just assume a very reasonable voice. He always answers things. Yes, well, you know, you could say that, but that, that, yeah, that's yeah. a very reasonable man. And I think reason's probably not the way to go for success no, I think in F1. You have to be a bit more of a pedal, anal mm. interface merchant. <laughs> and that sounds well, terrible when you set out of context. I mean, it's only kicks us. Yeah, there, are, right. there are other ways of interpreting it. Yeah, but I'm not convinced by this argument, though, that to do well in F1, you've got to be a bastard. And I don't think that's true for drivers. I don't think it's true for team principals. Mm-hmm. I think it's other qualities for both of them that make them work, that make them very good at it. I do think that there is often a correlation between people tending slightly more towards the bastardish end of the spectrum, mm. towards the overly competitive end of the spectrum, and being very, very good. Mm. But the two do not necessarily go together, and I don't think that you've got to be a bastard to be a good team principal, mm-hmm. I think or you've could. got to be a bastard to be a good driver. Jim Clark would be the Well, the that was first a long time ago, wasn't it? But yes, you'll see what you yeah. mean. Okay, well, let's think of a more recent driver who's a nice guy. Uh, Mark Webber, nice enough-ish. Yeah. By this we mean somebody who is reasonable in the way that they compete. They have respect for other drivers. They don't bully. They go out and they do their job by being good at their end of it. They do the best job they can with the equipment they've got, and Weber is a decent example. Well, he once handed my wife a cup of coffee. Oh, well, that, that's all, right. that's all the that's, evidence that's, that's, I say that flippantly, but people in that position, they were on a shoot doing some stuff. To, they record. don't even hand themselves. They don't even hand coffee. They just get, they yeah. get minions to do it. But yes, yeah. the people who are still able to show a sliver of humanity and decency towards others in very simple tasks that require no effort, they're probably some fundamental goodness within them. But I think you could probably compile a list of team principals who you imagine shout at their staff quite a lot. We probably shouldn't. It might be legally actionable in cases. <laughs> It's not true, but why not, if you're listening to this, think of a team principal you imagine is an absolute <laughs> to work for, and then uh, email it to us and we'll silently agree or disagree. No correspondence will be entered into. <laughs> Talking about evil overlords... Oh, I can see where this is going. Bernie Eccleston, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, can anyone clarify what's happened here? Bernie has stood down from the board. Yes. He's still yeah, exactly. running the show, but he's not allowed to admit that he is. And he's not allowed to sign checks on his own, I think. There's, really? There's, yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah, there's things like that have to be. But, so, yeah, this was, was that holding company, the Jersey-based place that is... Uh, Bambino. No, called Bambi, you think you're, his Bambino the family trust no Bambino. there's this other one I can't remember what they're bloody called I only wrote it down the other day for Ecclestone Limited anyway they've yeah. got a funny name like Aston Clinton or something but not that so that's what he stepped down from the board of mm. technically runs or controls F1 but he still runs it day to day I don't quite understand it yeah yeah well so he's still running the shop he's but, just not allowed into the back office well, to cash up of an evening I mean, and, but I think you know one should also be a little bit cautious about maybe believing everything that you read about maybe what he is or isn't doing or what is happening mm. in respect of all this because I think you know there's no doubt that given that he's facing a criminal prosecution in Germany mm. for bribery mm. that's not a minor offence no and if he's convicted that would presumably make it a lot harder for him to carry on wielding the kind of power that he has in the sport. Uh, well, at least, would pu- if at he's least in publicly. Prison, yes, but it's not attractive, I think, to a lot of sponsors if the sport is tainted by an association like that. Without making any judgment about whether he is guilty or not, or is going to be found guilty or not, were he to be found guilty, that just looks bad for the sport, and that he's going to put off sponsors. Mm-hmm. It just makes it a lot harder for him to wield the kind of authority and the power that he has done. Yeah. And to safe bet that if things don't go his way in court, he's going to be a less influential person in F1. But there's a yeah. wider thing here. 
Which is, how old is Eccleston now? 83, something uh, like that? I, I think he's older than Mr Burns in the Simpsons. <laughs> Monkey glands. That's what keeps <laughs> him going. I should have looked this up, but he's not a young man. Now, there's clearly a degree of indestructibility about him, and he will live to be 120 just to irritate people. But <laughs> yeah, give right assuming that plan doesn't go entirely his way, at some point in, I would hope, our lifetimes... His lifetime running F1 will be over for whatever reason. Yeah. Who's stepping in to run the sport? Because it strikes me, much though we may grouse about Bernie, at least with his rule of iron, Formula One stuff is organised, stuff done. happens. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. buck stops with him. And the level of what you might uncharitably call micromanagement, but might more generously say is attention to detail, yeah, yeah, is incredible. I'll right give you way. an example. Yeah, we yeah. filmed with Top Gear at the Monaco Grand Prix three years ago, I think. We wanted to drive around the track while it was all closed off on race weekend. Hmm. And we needed to get our film crews and things into the inner sanctum, which requires the right kind of passes and then filming permits, all these other things. And my executive producer, Andy Wilman, got hold of Bernie himself on the phone and said, can you make this happen? And it's just Bernie say so. And he went, yeah, I'm going to allow this. Yeah, that's fine. I'll sort you out the passes. And Andy said, well, who should I speak to in your office about getting those passes and things like that? Speak to me. Really? Hmm. I like, well, no, Bernie, you've got way bigger things to be worrying about. So give me the name and number of someone and I'll just talk to them directly. Because, you know, we're going to have to change names and they don't know exactly who our cameramen are and stuff like that. No, no, sorry, just you let me know. Yeah. It's like he wants to keep an eye on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. He wants to know what's going on at a very, very small level. Oh, he works very hard at it, and he mm. has worked very hard at making sure the show goes on and that the show is spectacular and that the show is as successful as it is. He's made himself and a lot of other people very rich in the process, and he's given us a fantastic show to watch. Yeah, well, he gets it done without a committee, and as many people will tell you, if you want to get something done, don't have a committee. Yeah. You know, you can instigate things. I find living in a relationship with someone else that it's hard to make decisions on things uh, on Friday do you want this oh no yeah. I've got to check with Violet I oh my god have you ever tried decorating a house when there's two of you yeah. <laughs> even though oh, my wife and I think have very similar tastes but we're almost crippled by the decision making process yeah. And as a consequence, things happen incredibly slowly. Just even putting a picture up, should we? Or put they it happen incredibly there? quickly when you want to do it before somebody else notices. Or yes, gets, gets a <laughs> it to has get occurred to me. Well, I was just going to put some pictures up once. So I just thought, oh, bugger it, I'm going to go and do this, and then we'll live with the consequences. And I thought, oh, but no, what if she really hates it? Then I'll just have to do it again. And what if I do it so quickly just to make a point that I don't like where these pictures are? And then I'm just, oh, just and then you just, we'll just spend six months deciding. Do you know what yeah. just happened here? Something that. It's never happened on this programme before. We've actually all just, here and now, reasoned why we think Bernie is a good idea. Isn't that terrifying? We don't want We're, him to do I know, think, yes. It? Much so we mock him. I think when you consider the alternative, which may be some kind of mealy-mouthed committee or someone who doesn't rule with a rod of iron and mm. allows some kind of turf war type thing to break out again with rival factions, are we going to set up another race series? Because let's be honest, it almost happened, didn't it? All the manufacturers yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. went, no, you're not. Yeah, and that's yeah. the end of that. I don't think I made myself clear. It's hard to imagine no, you're, you're not, not doing a well, good job. Well, let's hope Bernie is found not guilty. <laughs> and let's hope the monkey glands keep working. <laughs> Listen carefully to the spirited defence mounted by you 
and your counsel? And in conclusion, I find myself with no choice other than to find you guilty. I hereby sentence you to six years in prison. But since this is the last trial of the season, I'm doubling that to twelve years. I think it's very good that Detroit, which is one of the few motor markets in the world that's not really bothered about Formula One, has the Detroit show on when there's no Formula One action. That's very thoughtful of them. It gives us something to talk about on this programme, at least, and provides a whole bunch of genuinely interesting cars, because Detroit's still a very important show, despite the fact that the number of cars made in Detroit drop significantly. Do we make more cars in Britain than they do in Detroit these days? Oh, I don't know. That'd be a good stat. Do you know what's just come to light the the last few weeks is that Britain is poised to make more cars than France for the first time in 40 or almost 50 years. I think the last time that happened was 1966. But French manufacturing is in decline and they're desperately trying to close factories to save PSA. And manufacturing in Britain is actually doing quite well. JLR is extraordinarily well. uh, Nissan about to start making a small infinity and all this stuff. Toyota are still cranking them out in Berniston, yeah, Yeah. and sending them all over the world, and it's all good. But yeah, I don't know about Detroit. That'd be an amazing stat. Truth Mm. is, they haven't made a lot of American cars in Detroit for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about the Corvette, that symbol of American sports car pride. Where's it made? It's made in Kentucky. Is it? Oh, of course. Down in a place called Bowling Green, but it has been for as long as anyone can remember. Detroit's been in horrible decline for. A long yeah. time. In fact, you know, a lot of cars are made up in Canada. Another great American symbol for old school American metal, the Ford Crown Vic and the Lincoln Town Car, the last body on frame cars, just Canadian. gone out of production, yeah, last year or the year before. Canadian, Canadian yeah, made in yeah, Canada. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, the actual stuff that gets made in Detroit relatively is small because there's factories out in California and yep. all down in the south. There's a lot of newer factories down there. Toyota build a lot in Canada as well, don't they? Yeah, and Toyota have a place in um, somewhere else as well that's not Detroit. And then Merck are in Alabama and BMW are in South Carolina and Chrysler in Canada and Chrysler China. yeah in Calendar um, the American motor industry basically is Canadian that's what it really is well, like Bill like Shatner yeah yeah. And Dan Aykroyd and Steve and, Martin. Let's not start on the famous yeah, Canadians and, game. And, goes and, on uh, Neil Young, etc. But some of the cars that caught our attention. Zog, I know you're excited by a Toyota. That's not a sentence well, you hear every day, is okay. it? Well, no, but that FT1, Toyota FT1, yeah. it's a spectacular concept. Unless I missed it, they didn't give away many details about what's under <laughs> yeah, the skin. There aren't many details. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that skin is spectacular. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, so, there's some guy, the project manager or something on it, who said, when people go, oh, so this is a new Supra, is it? You bring the Supra back and he said well I get asked about mm. that more than anything else I'll be at a party and someone will say when are you bringing the Supra back and, and he always has to say well did you buy the last Supra oh no 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 Mm. Yeah, it's like, well, there's your problem then. Yeah, Everyone yeah. likes the idea of there being a super, but no one actually wants to pay their own money for it. Yeah, yeah. So, or can indeed to... afford to do it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, but I mean, so this it is may the... never happen. But unless they change the concept a fair bit, I wouldn't say this is a new supra because I mean, other than it being front wheel drive, that concept is a more spectacular looking car, and you would expect it to have more spectacular performance than the Supra. Well, it's it's a pretty quick car. They, they weren't slow. I'm not saying they're no. slow, but this is cranking it up a notch. And do you know what it is, though? It's a statement of intent. There are two reasons why that car might happen or something similar. The first one is because Toyota has a new mantra, no more boring cars. 
And that, FT1, was meant to symbolise the new thinking. We're going to be exciting, we're going to be surprising. Because nobody saw that car mm. coming. It wasn't released in advance, there were no details about it. It was just, woof, look, cover comes off at a motor show and everyone went, <gasps> wow, look at yeah, that. You didn't see that coming. Well, they certainly succeeded in that. Well, the second reason why it might happen is because for the US market, what we know as the Toyota GT86 is a mm-hmm. Scion over there. Mm-hmm. So mm. Scion has a little sports car. Lexus had there you go. the um, LFA. LFA. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's gone, but still, the memory lives on. Yeah, and it was, yeah. it was so hallowed that I think it'll echo on for a while. And now they've got that new car, the RCF, which yeah. is one of the stars of Detroit as well. I love it. Great-looking coupe with a 5-litre V8. So Lexus got a sports car. Sign have got a sports car. Toyota. So Toyota. No so more boring cars. Just yeah, yeah. to make a point, they could do with a sports car, yeah. even if it doesn't sell that many, because people don't buy that many. And well, I think and they've been, been clever here, because they've sort of identified their own IP, if you like. And it's sort of joining the dots. You know, you've got the LFA IP, you've got the GT86 down here, and the FT1 is sort of straddling those yeah, two, yeah, yeah. taking elements of both ideas that they developed very well in both those cars and meeting it in the middle. I think that's a shrewd bit of thinking. Fair play, Toyota. Well, let's hope that when they actually produce the road car, which it looks like they're going to buy, the, yep. you, know, you get the feeling that from the rumours, it seems that it's more likely than not to happen. I have very fond memories of my, uh, uh, my MR2, MR2 from mm. years ago. So, yeah, I'm a fan of Toyota sports cars, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this one happen. And some of the other ones that really caught my eye, that Kia sports car the, the gt4 stinger yes. well done yeah you know well that, done career the yellow cars that and the corvette z06 yeah uh, now there's a reason beautiful. why i think the gt4 stinger could happen because firstly kia's getting right, quite well, ballsy mm-hmm. yeah and they're but secondly that, that concept was they said was rear wheel drive i mean frankly mm-hmm. it could have been side wheel drive it's a concept <laughs> doesn't really matter. Yeah. but if they wanted to make it a production car keep those proportions it would have to be rear wheel drive thing is they, They've got the bits got lying the bit, around yeah, yeah. there yeah, because that yeah. Hyundai Genesis box of parts that's yeah. underneath the Hyundai Genesis coupe that they get in America, which I've driven over there, is a really lovely car to drive, really nice balance to it. And they could just do that for Kia. And Kia's getting quite feisty now. It's the kind of car they sort of need to do should've, if they want to go, look, we're a proper car company. We can yeah. do all sorts. Should have called it the Kia Exodus then, shouldn't they? It's beyond the Genesis, really. I was going to say, at the risk of sounding like Richard, oh no, here's the thing. if you had a choice between buying the new Toyota FT1 so we're travelling in time to the point at which it is available and it's as good as we imagine okay I've got got that or the Ford Mustang the new Ford Mustang which would you buy? I'd like to give them both a really good test drive. <laughs> <before they're laughs> answer. I do think, I think that's the, that. Are we talking yeah. about in this country? Yeah. You're yourself in this future yeah. version of yourself, yeah. and you, you, yeah. but, but you just get to choose cars. There's a reason mm, why I'm asking this. Well, I think the Mustang, it looks smaller than the old one, but apparently it is not. It's actually in some dimensions a wee bit bigger is it? and well, it, the existing Mustang is not actually a small car no, it feels yeah. quite compact in the US yeah, of course. because everything's on a grander scale hey, the mini it's feels too the- big here and I think it makes you look a bit of a tosser well, I, driving I, a Mustang in the UK they're wonderful cars in the US for what they do but and I also suspect that if you got the Mustang you'd have a grin as wide as you can stretch your arms plastered over your face for a few days but after you've lived the car for a while you've just described the grin that that man Michael what's his name has on the uh, the Apollo 
Michael McIntyre. Michael McIntyre. That's his grin you just described, wasn't it? Oh, sorry. Wider than your face. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, once you once you lived it for a while, I think you know you wouldn't be quite so keen on it. Whereas I'm pretty sure that FT1, you'd be happy to mm. drive for a very yeah. very long time. I mean, so well, pro- I look forward probably to it. Probably I'm going future for, when we you, compare them. You know, I love yeah. me Fords. Yes, I love all me Fords. I just think the idea of a four-cylinder turbo Mustang for sale in the UK is an appalling idea. The Mustang's almost something that you should gaze upon with wonder from afar if yeah. you're British, isn't it? Yeah. I know mm. Americans take them for granted and also hold them to their bosoms. But over here, they're cars that are imported by knobs who line dance and drink Budweiser and really there's no need. If you get the opportunity to go to America and rent one or even you just see one in the street while you're over I've there, there's it. something quite exotic mm. about them. If you can buy one from your local Ford garage and old Chop face down the road's got one. I don't, I don't actually have a friend called Chop face down the road. I'm just trying to think. Oh, I was going to say, what's his chops? But it's the same thing. Just if any old, like, I've got to stop swearing. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm trying to find words that aren't swear words. Anyway, why, what I'm trying to say is, if you can lifetime. see a Mustang on a street corner in the average British town, it ceases to be special. Yeah, I made a program in America a long time ago about the space program, and central to it was driving a convertible Mustang through Cocoa Beach, which is what the astronauts used to do. And that's me. I've lived my dream in America. Would I have a Mustang over here? No. Would I have an FT1 over here? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so enough of that. car that caught my attention, and I know it caught yours as well. It's not even a car, is it, Richard? The F-150. Again, a Ford. Yes. But it's a breakthrough because it's not a piece of American iron anymore, is it? It's a piece of American aluminium. Yeah, the next generation F-150, which, let's remember, is the world's biggest selling vehicle, mm. is going to an aluminium shell. Chassis still a ruddy great piece of yep. metal, although they've cut a lot of weight out of that as well. They're making some big claims about how much weight they've got out of the chassis. Well, if they haven't got a steel... Yeah, I guess it's just the thing. I mean, it's a virtuous circle, isn't it? They don't need as much steel as they need to support it. Ford do this clever thing with variable thickness steel now, don't yes, they? Yeah. Where they well, thin yeah, the steel does, out yeah. where it doesn't mm. need to be done, but Ford would be first to do it, I think. And possibly, you know, possibly higher quality steel as well, because this is what happens with a lot of manufacturers. Well, You know, if you're using better steel in some places, you get to use less of it. Mm-hmm. And less weight. This is why the never popular MG6 is a very heavy car for its size, because Chinese steel industry hasn't quite reached the point where they can reliably do what they call tailored blanks, which is you know the mm. raw bit of flat metal to be stamped and moulded is different thicknesses as it goes through. Mm. And this is how cars can be light and yet have reliable crash structures and all this sort of stuff yeah. in Europe. So they just have to do it the old-fashioned way with really heavy, thick metal, and that's why that car's quite heavy and yet has a reasonable crash rating. Mm. Yes, F-150, this is landmark stuff because this is a huge thing, but the investment the Ford have had to make to switch to an all-aluminium shell and the marketing they're going to have to do to convince people that it's all right, even though, let's be honest, Land Rovers and Range Rovers have had traditionally a steel ladder frame chassis with an aluminium shell on it and been quite good off-road and towing stuff. I don't see a problem there. Yeah, exactly. But... Tell that to a man who lives on a farm in Texas who may be a little Jesus <laughs> and prefer to go for a steel body Dodge or Chevrolet. Who'd rather have something that would rust rather than the aluminium? Yeah. Final thoughts for this show. Another car which appeared at Detroit, which has a connection with the F-150, yet you might not think it, the Mercedes C-Class. Have you seen the new Mercedes C-Class? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The S-Class looks like a Rover 75, doesn't does it? Does saw it this morning. It does really, look a bit Rover really does. It's the back. It's that, yeah. Yeah, it's soft. the back. But the c class relative to its body size has a grill far greater than the f-150 and the grill on the f-150 is massive but the grill on the new c-class it's enormous it looks like a 
foreskin pulled back, revealing a big Mercedes glance at the front. And there's something really Thank well, you. Right. Thank you for that, that image. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Very I was going to say it's got a really interesting interior, but I don't know where we're going with that now you've put this particular... I, yeah, I, I, I'll leave, maybe we should Cheers. go, Thanks and I'll, I'll leave you with that thought. It's a great car, I'm sure. It just looks... The Mercedes Seaman class coming to oh! the you soon. <laughs> that was Richard. Goodbye. That was Zog. Goodbye. And that was Gareth. See you for another one soon. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>